Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? <laughs> Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, beloveds. Happy Monday. Hopefully you had a really good weekend. Ugh, my weekend was a little hellacious, <laughs> but I don't want to start off on the negative. I had some good points in it too, but um, if you're new here to this podcast, welcome back or welcome. Jeez. Welcome to Really Riley. I really like to t- keep things real around here, talk about all the things that are happening in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, the fucked up, and everything in between. Um, if you're not new around here, welcome back. Love you. Um, so this weekend... My toddler, my two, uh, not two and a half yet, two and some change year old, turned into a demon. If you guys follow me at all on social at Riley Couture, it's like he is our little maniac. We call him Mal and the Maniac, and he's adorable. Like he is me and a baby, though. Super, super cute. But when you cross that kid, whoo, wah. Oh my God. Actually, he's worse than me and a baby. Like, I don't know. He's a very fiery little kid, but he's got so much personality with him. But this weekend, I don't know what happened. Like the terrible twos are very new to me because, you know, my first experience as a mom with Lyric, he was a dream baby, you know, and I know every baby has its, you know, challenges and every baby is different. Everyone tells me that, but whoo, my God, like neither my niece, my nephew, no other kid that I've been around has been as fierce as Malin. Not surprised. He's my kid, but oh my God. So he is a hitter. Like... He, you know, my niece was a biter, but as like a baby, not when, you know, you could talk to her and she had words really when she was just, just figuring those words out. So Malin like spoke later than Lyric, my son did. And I've talked before about how we had evaluated him for behavioral issues. And, you know, I know a lot of you are like, we have to get him checked out. We are going to go to a specialist just to check things again, because I don't want to be paranoid, but I also want to be hitting it all on all cylinders. Um, I don't know. I guess it makes me a little nervous to talk about stuff like that because he's my baby. I don't want there to be anything. I don't want to say wrong because children with special needs or, or, you know, different types of things that, you know, they have challenges, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. I just, it, you know, it's scary as a mother to navigate through certain things like that. So I don't think in the grand scheme of things that there's anything really detrimental to him. I just think that with Malin, we're going to have to find different methods of helping him move through these really huge emotions because it was like, there was no consoling him. There was like three hours of a tantrum one night, the next day it was another three hours. And we're just like, Oh my gosh. Now granted he just got over pink eye and you know, his naps were off. So with Malin, you never know. It could just be that. And I don't want to be the paranoid mom. Um, but I also want to be the prepared mom. 
if that needs to be a thing. So that kid, like, oof. And, you know, Saturday night I had fully intended on sitting down, getting my website together, getting all the subscription stuff together, getting, like, merch together for the website. Yeah, no. We were so exhausted after that that my husband and I just, you know, chilled on the couch and watched a murder documentary. You know, I saw something, um, I forget where I saw it, some article that was like, you have to watch out for the people that relax to murder documentaries because it says something psychologically about them. I was like, oh shit, because I don't really do it anymore, but I used to fall asleep to them. Like, because I liked the cadence of the dude's voice or whatever, the woman's voice or whoever was narrating it. That was always like soothing to me. And it was always just interesting. And now I don't do it as much. I don't fall asleep to them because too many times where I would wake up at the point where it's like, you know, like the crazy like music because there was a murder scene. And I was like, Ugh. and also just, I am very sensitive and, uh, you know, to the, what you think about, you bring about, and I'm not saying anything crazy to that regard. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to manifest bad things happen in my, ha- my family by watching a murder doc, but I, I have taken it to a minimum at this point. So yeah, that was the weekend. But like the good things I was telling you about is um, I'm not sure if I completely updated you guys on the podcast about this, but a couple of podcasts ago, I was talking about, you know, standing up for my V and going into my gynecologist and trying to find out what the hell was happening with me health wise, because not only was I having like catastrophic periods every single month, I'm not going to get into detail for the males that are listening and are grossed out by that. Um, or anybody that just doesn't want to hear it. Um, it was just bad. It was, you know, so many symptoms were going down the line. And for those of you that are curious, I will tell you if this grosses you out, close your ears for a second. Don't leave, but close your ears for a second. Um, I was having really bad clotting. I was, you know, bleeding for like eight days. Ovulation was incredibly painful. Cramps were incredibly painful, completely tired, incredibly irritable. And I'm talking like, not just a little bit. I'm talking about like at a fucking 20 every single time. And throughout my periods, I think I would get like four or five days of peace from it. So not good. So I went through two years of trying to find this out with regular doctors and finally just said, okay, we're going to look for a different one. And I actually, the person that, you know, the practice that did my breast exams for, you know, your 40 year old breast exam or whatever, referred me to this doctor in Rockville here in um, Maryland. And she was amazing. Like did a full on workup, did an entire thing of blood work. Cause here's the thing. A lot of times doctors tell you they're going to do blood work and they don't, they like, they do like the, the minimum of it. And I never understood this. Cause I don't know that it like costs them more money to do it or whatever, but it was just like this boo-boo ass, like I, I don't know. I, I, she wasn't a doctor and there's nothing wrong with nurse practitioners. Don't come for me, but she was not very thorough at all. And it seemed like she didn't care. And I don't know if doctors or whatever get a certain kickback by pushing, I think, I'm not sure. I have no idea, you know, by pushing certain medications that it was like birth control or ablation, which is like basically lasering or, you know, frying off some things up in there so you don't bleed as much. Well, that doesn't take care of all the rest of it. But more than that, I was having like, I never sleep. I would never sleep. Like, and when I would get sleep, it would go in tandem with my cycle. So long, long, long story short, after going to this doctor, that side note, if a doctor doesn't take insurance, there are some doctors that have like, um, or some insurance that will do like an 80% buyback. So it was a $500 appointment, which is like, holy shit, that's expensive, but you get the 80% of it back. So it was like a hundred and something. Trust me, by the time I would have done all the copays to get the blood work done again and gone around to different doctors and the time 
it was worth it to me to spend that money. And trust me, we ain't got a lot of it right now. Um, but she ended up putting me on progesterone because lo and behold, my estrogen was all whacked out. My, pro, my prolactin, which is again, TMI, the hormone that makes your boobies milk. And it's also connected to your dopamine. So it was no wonder I was having mood swings. It was no wonder I couldn't sleep. And she also prescribed some, you know, other holistic things. Like there's like a shake that is for men and for women that is, um, when you're estrogen dominant, when there's something funky within your hormones, um, this helps. And it so does. And I started getting better sleep. You know, it's not always the greatest every single time, but I went from getting two, three hours a night to four, five, six, one night I got eight hours and I was like, holy shit, Merry Christmas to me. That hasn't happened in a while. But the roundabout thing I was wanting to get to, if y'all are still here, um, is my workout started faltering because of that. Now I still work out, would still work out two days a week, but this, I was a person that five days a week, sometimes six. And that was like a mental health thing for me as well. And I started noticing that just like, even with my ADHD medication, I, and that wasn't working as well either. And I was just like, I'm not going to up the, I'm not going to up the prescription. I don't want to do that. If anything, I would want to like start tapering it down as things started leveling out in terms of, you know, getting more sleep and having, I don't want to say less of a hectic schedule because it's not when you're launching two different businesses and, you know, semi stay at home mom. Um, but things I want to like be more holistic about the things that I do in terms of my mental health, my physical health and, you know, workouts were always my solace and I wasn't enjoying them as much anymore. And when I would do them on my own versus with my trainer, I would not be all there. Like I couldn't focus. I couldn't get that endorphin. I couldn't get that pump, if you will. And I was like really disheartened about it because that was always my one solace. Like when I got fired, I went and worked out. You know, that was my one place where I didn't have to worry about anything. Like the outside world could not fuck with me at all. The only thing I had to worry about was that lift. And I always tell people, you know, it's so good for you mental health wise, because at least if you do it, I think the right way, you're worried about your form. You're worried about getting this heavy ass lift off the ground and you don't worry about anything else because you could get hurt if you don't. So you're forced to just not think about whatever is messing with you in the outside world. Well, I couldn't get there. I would still have the outside world all up in my head and that's not like me at all. And what happens when your workouts get slower and your mind body connection ain't there and you start eating like duty? Well, you start getting weight. And that's the thing is that like, I don't put as much pressure on myself about weight. Like the number on the scale doesn't really bug me in terms of like getting, you know, more pounds on the meat. It bugs me when my clothes don't fit, you know, because Riley Couture, I'm into fashion. I think that fashion is wearable art. And I was just not feeling myself at all. All the muscles that I'd worked so hard for started to get a little bit squishier. And I know a lot of you guys, a lot of people roll their eyes at me when I say stuff like that. And I've talked about this whole body shaming thing a lot. A long time ago in the podcast, we did one specifically about that. I didn't ask Riley. And I wasn't really saying much about it, even though I'm very, very open on the podcast. Because if you know, like as of recently, some idiot on, you know, a different social media 
Page was calling me a body shamer racist and saying I sexualized my son. No, I haven't let it go yet because there's so many facets of that that hurt me. Body shamer of all things. I'm just like, what? You know, it it stuck with me. And I'm just like, well, okay, am I therein not allowed to speak about my insecurities from a real standpoint and what I want to do to change them? Fuck that. You know, I did think that for a little bit, but now I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm going to be as authentic as humanly possible. And I have not been loving the way that I look. I have not been feeling myself and loving the skin that I'm in. You know, my boobs have gotten a lot bigger because I've gained weight and yeah, first world problems. But for me, when I had like issues about that, when I was younger, you know, I was always made fun of for when I was younger. And then I was always insecure about them. And I was a ballerina for the big chunk of my childhood into puberty. And they would always like, oh, you could be an amazing ballerina, but you got to get rid of those, you know? And I was always bigger than all of my girlfriends. I had to wear a bra first. And it just, you know, when you're going through puberty, you don't, it's not welcome detention. You don't want those big old boobies before everybody else has them. And, you know, it's not like a sexy thing that you embrace when you get into womanhood. And I think that just stuck with me. Like I said, like I had relationships where I would, be having sex with a boyfriend for two years. I had a boyfriend for four and a half years that it was two years before he saw me with a bra off. You know, but as a fit person or a skinny person, which I don't like that term, but that's what people would call me previous years, you're not supposed to be as open about that because your issues with your body, unless it's like a complete, you know, unless you have a disorder like, you know, bulimia or you're anorexic, you're not really supposed to be in tune with your body issues because what you're so skinny and as you know, and I try not to go down that road. Like when I start seeing a little squishy here and there, I tried to like embrace it. Like, okay, my boobs are a little bit bigger, but you know, I was working so hard to have a toned back and grow my ass because I wasn't born like the Puerto Rican JLo. I was the only Puerto Rican in my family that didn't have an ass. You could set a cup on my sister's. Mine was flat as a board, but the boobies, you know, like we were complete opposites. We used to always say that if you could like take half of, take a little bit of boobs and give it to her, take a little butt, give it to me, we'd be like, perfect. But also no such thing as perfect. But I was just not in the last couple of months just feeling anything of myself. And then my cortisone, my cortisol levels, the stress hormone just wouldn't come down because, you know, I lost my dream job. I was worried about money. And then my dog passed away and, you know, Marshall, my husband is, still dealing with some health issues that we're working out, but it's just, it's been a lot. And I'm still trying to keep it together and be healthy for me and everyone around me and still be this badass businesswoman. But it, I just, I, my mojo was not there as much as I was like feeling it, like my drive professionally, like personally and inwardly and, you know, physically, and mentally sometimes too, just my workouts were everything. And if I could go in there for that hour and just have that badass moment for an hour, I was good. I could get through the week because I could hope for that, you know, but it wasn't there lately. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? You know, like I don't drink, I don't do drugs. So it's just like, okay, if I can't get my workout fixed and I have therapy, you know, and I was just like, I was feeling stagnant and everything for me, the fitness aspect is what keeps the train rolling in all things. So yeah. I've been the last 10 minutes whining about how I don't feel as toned or fit as I was before. Um, I've been insecure and that's not me. I'm not really an insecure human. Self-sabotage, not self-sabotaging, self-critical, uh, sure. Insecure, no, but I was feeling insecure. 
my strength was going down and, you know, my ego was not there. And I was just like, okay. But the good news is, because I promised you guys some good news, is that the last week I've just been like, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm not going to follow anyone's program, you know, because either I had my trainers or Marshall, you know, my husband, he's a strength coach, so I would follow his. I'm like, I'm going to trust myself to do what I want with my body. And it's not like I couldn't do that before, but I loved the regiment. But sometimes when you have to go back to basics, you've got to do what the body feels good. You know, we, like my husband and I, like follow like, you know, and even in my training, and my trainer like we follow like a bodybuilding-esque type regimen in terms of, you know, you do certain muscles in certain days and in certain increments and in certain weights and blah, 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 blah. I was like, I'm going to go. And yeah, I would still be regimented like, okay, today I'm going to do like, you know, legs and some abs, or I would do, you know, biceps and shoulders or whatever. I would still stay true to like the, fo- like the format sort of, but I wasn't like, okay, I have to get this amount of exercises done. And I found that like once I took the step back as per usual and in everything in my life lately, I was like, okay, I'm going to do what makes me feel good. I think that's what I was missing is I was just doing it to do it. It was going through the motions, trying to maintain the body, trying to maintain the endorphins of the mind, but I wasn't like actually loving it. So I was so happy one day when I went in there and I was just like, I'm going to do some cleans. And that's not something I usually do without my trainer, but I'm like, I need to trust myself. I've been training for like six and a half years. I've, I can do this. And it's not like I haven't done it before, but I was like, I just want to reignite that mind body connection that I was missing. And it's been like two weeks of that. I haven't really shifted that much in the eating direction because it's not like I eat horribly. But lately, if I want a fucking cookie, I'm going to eat a cookie. Or I found ice cream or a donut. Damn it, I'm going to do it. And that's okay too. You know, I'm not as strict about it as I used to be because when I was training for the wedding (laughs) or like training to get into my dress for the wedding, I was really regimented about that. You know, whenever we would have food come to the station, I wouldn't really eat much of it at all. Like, you know, but that was that 10 months getting ready for the wedding. And, you know, I'm more laxed about it. It's just if I want something, a treat meal or whatever, because we don't call it cheat meals because that seems like a dirty negative connotation. You're treating yourself. The problem is, is I would have too many of those treats and I wouldn't have as much of that oomph in the workout area. So this last week, something else clicked that I was just like, I'm just going to be kinder to myself. Somehow magically in that, the mindset. For me, it switched. Everything for me, workout wise, starts with the mindset. It's sort of like what I used to always tell, (laughs) you know, Marshall when we first started dating in terms of like sex, which sounds like, what the fuck are you just saying? How'd you just switch to that, Riley? But let's put it this way. If you're not, if I'm not feeling you up in my brain, I'm not going to feel you down there. (laughs) And then I'm not going to get there. So it's the same thing with me and working out. If I'm not, you know, actively there in my brain, I'm not going to get that mind-body connection where you're physically like your mind is thinking of the muscle and feeling the muscle and, you know, holding it tight and staying present in it because you can go through the motions, but you're not going to get as much of the results out of it if you don't have that mind-body connection. It's really, really important. It's a piece that most people miss. And it's been like two weeks and I'm starting to already see certain things tone up and, you know, I've always been very proud of like my chest and my shoulder muscles because that was something that I never really like 
built up as a ballerina. I had that tiny little frame, that tiny little body. But now when I see muscle tone and I see this little tiny baby veins popping out, I'm like, yes, because that shit takes a, like, it's hard to work for. That's dedication. That's what did my husband say? It's like when we did the Arnold podcast, it's about like, you have to become obsessed with it. But I was taking the obsession in a kinder sense of like, I'm just going to go with what feels good because sometimes you do have to take the break from that obsession or you'll burn out. It's what I always say when people say, you know, hey, can you help me get started? Like, give me a jump start in working out and fitness. Like I say, don't cut out every single thing you love, all of the wine, all of the booze, all of the food or cheese or whatever. Do some baby steps because you're going to burn out like a rocket quickly if you do that. And I think... I was just stagnant in where I was. And now I'm feeling a little bit more confident. And it's just really, I didn't give a shit going in there. I was like, I'm just going to do whatever makes me feel strong. And I was doing some kettlebell cleans and this dude walked up to me um, and I was putting one of the kettlebells back and he's like, oh, look at you curling the 50s. And I'm like, I can't curl it, but I can swing it. And he's like, nah, you could. And that felt good. Not that I need anybody else's validation, but once I got out of my own head and just said, I'm here for me, it's nice to see other people, you know, in the gym, just being kind and being like, Hey, you know, like a lot of people tell me that they're scared of gym culture. And we've talked about this a lot. Like one of my best friends who was a dancer as well, is very, very fit. You know, she is nervous to go into a gym, even though she knows what she's doing. She knows how to be fit. She knows how to, you know, get her body to, you know, do what she wants it to, but she gets nervous about the gym culture. And yeah, there's some fucking douche canoes in there. Trust me. I'll get to those stories in a minute and why I saw some good gym culture and some ick gym culture this week. Um, but I text my husband a picture of, you know, because you guys have seen it on, if you watch my Instagram, that I do my little, you know, booty pose. And if you guys notice, I haven't done that in the last couple of months because I wasn't feeling my booty. Well, I was showing him and he was just like, damn, babe, he's, it, it's funny how we foreplay. I don't know if that he's probably cringing when he hears this, whatever. It's our flirtatious little texting almost the, when we talk gym, it's almost like talking dirty. He's like, damn babe. He's like shoulder muscles and the you know bicep and the chest muscles are popping and that booty and da, 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 da. Um, but it was nice to hear him say that, you know, cause he'll say it. He always tells me I'm beautiful. He would never not tell me I'm beautiful. I could hold hot pokers to his balls and he would still tell me I'm gorgeous. Um, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with me? Um, But I believed it this time. And he said to me, he's like, babe, I wish you could see what I see. And I was like, why you always be dropping them bombs, babe? Like them fucking truth bombs. Like, I wish you could see what I see. You know, because I'll tell somebody sometimes like, oh my God, you look stunning in that. And no, I have this or I have that fat or whatever. I'm like, bitch, take the compliment. But then I have to spin that around to myself too. I do believe, though, it's okay to have your own image and what you want it to be in yourself as long as you're willing to do what it takes to get there healthy and responsibly and all that. You know, because on the other side of that, I can't fucking stand it when people will come to me with like fitness questions or, you know, they'll say, I want to change this, I want to change that. And They'll get on the train and then they'll get off of it and then they'll make a bunch of excuses, which is fine. You don't have to make the excuse, but then they want me to validate them in that. Like, oh, but you know, I had this, I can't do this and I can't do, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Okay, well then you can't. But I don't want to hear you say 
for 20 minutes that you can't when you could have done a workout in that 20 minutes that you're just saying you can't. A lot of people don't like that, you know, mirror. I get it. And I'm not going to give you the mirror unless you ask me to hand it to you. Uh, I, 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 I'm nice until I'm not. <laughs> I try, though, to be very cognizant of the fact that everybody has to start somewhere. And I'm starting over in so many fucking ways. I wasn't expecting the gym to be one of them. But... Again, something I say at nauseum, it is a journey, not a destination. Marshall always says, my husband, it's, oh, what is it? Uh, It's borrowed, not owned, and rents due every day. So fucking true. It's crazy to me how you could get the fittest you'd ever get in your life, and then if you fuck around for like a month and let it go, I don't want to say it's completely gone, because there's such a thing as muscle memory, but you're not going to maintain that. And sometimes that level of fitness just isn't feasible all of the time. But for me, I, w- I knew I was capable. I'm not preaching anything I'm not telling myself. I knew I was capable of getting back to where I wanted to be and quickly if I got my head out of my ass and did it. Because have I been honoring my trauma and my pain a lot lately and sitting with it and allowing myself to move through those emotions. Yes. But it's like an intern and a friend once said to me a long ass time ago, if you don't like where you are in anything in life, you're not a tree. You're not rooted there. Fucking move, figure it out and figure out a way to change it. I know it's not always easily said like that. It's not always easily done, but there's a way, you know, it's, there just is. And I had to figure out my way. But I was really proud of myself today because I didn't want to fucking go on a Sunday. I had a lot of like merch that I wanted to work on. I wanted to work on my website, all these things. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to mentally get through this day. (laughs) A, if Malin decides to have one of those catastrophic tantrums again, which he did. But I was happy because my husband and I were able to like deal with it differently because, you know, he got to get some work done on the yard, which Lawn Care Poppy is in full fucking effect with those fucking stripes. Check it out on Instagram if you haven't, because he is very proud. It, it looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Got one of the best yards in the block right now. But he got to do that, and I got to go work out, and we were able to handle the situation with a little bit less cortisol spikes, and it seemed like Malin was able to get through his tantrum and feel our energy differently, which is great. That's a good feeling as a parent when you can diffuse the Malin the maniac size tantrum in under 10 minutes. <laughs> But I am definitely glad that my husband said that to me when he was like, I just wish you could see what I see. I think more people need to have someone say that. Like, do you see what I see? Because we all see it so different. It's funny when I look back at pictures of myself from years ago when I was, oh my God, I I don't even like to give the number of weight because that's not whatever, but I was like 25 pounds lighter than I am now but I had no muscle. I was so skinny. I just looked like a scarecrow and I thought that was hot. And I also thought I was overweight at that point. Now if I start losing my muscle, like I will say this about the scale. When the scale starts going down, I'm like, hold on, hold on, no, that's my muscle going. I don't like it, you know? But the other thing I was going to tell you about, about gym culture, about seeing some good gym culture in the gym and bad gym culture in the gym. So the selfie, a lot of people talk shit about the gym selfie or the progress pick too. And I know sometimes it can be annoying when somebody's like in front of the mirror taking a photo and whatever. And like most gyms, you're not even supposed to take pictures in the gym locker room, but you know, everybody does it. I've done it. But 
it, you know, you at least wait till somebody's not getting naked to do it, obviously. But it's like some people are assholes about that and some are hypocritical, I guess you could say. Because I was taking a picture of, you know, my infamous booty pose or whatever and there was nobody else in there. But this one chick came by and like walked right through my picture. Now, I'm not expecting her to stop what she's doing for my picture. That's because that would be rude. You know, people are there to change, to work out, whatever. That's not your personal selfie studio. I get that part. Only thing I thought that was a little hypocritical about it is that when I was done collecting my stuff and, you know, getting my selfies on or whatever, I came around the corner and I saw her and she was taking a gym selfie. So I'm kind of like, you do that yourself and I'm not mad at it because it's pictures of your progress or if you just picked out all that weight or sweated your arse off, yes, take a picture of it. You deserve it, 100%. I don't find it douchey at all. But damn, you were had no problem about ruining my photo. I still wanted to walk by there and just take my time and stroll, but I'm not going to be that much of an asshole. I mean, so I think that like, in terms of good gym culture, I've been trying to adapt that thing that I've heard on TikTok that I've been talking about where if you see something nice about someone, say something nice about someone, even if they look at you crazy. Like there was this girl and she was jump roping like, oh my God, she might as well have been Rocky. She might as well have been like, what's I'm gonna call it? The Creed movie. It's like, damn, like I barely can jump rope. I did it a couple of times with my trainer and the most I could get up to was like a minute without dying. And she was just at it. She was doing all the like side to side and you know, the loop, whatever. She was badass. And then she went over to the, where you did rack pulls and that's basically like a, a demi like deadlift. Like you don't go all the way down to the ground, but you go to like knee level sometimes mid thigh, I think. Um, where you pick it up, you squeeze and you put it back down. And this girl was doing it with two forty fives on either side. Oof. With the 45 pound bar, not the 35 pound. And I was like, damn, because I think the most I've done it with is like 40. Well, no, I used to do it with two 45s, but that was when I was like before Malin. That was like when I was hitting my PRs in deadlifting. I'm going to get back there. But I was like, Phew, I haven't done that in a minute. And I'm looking at the girl and I'm like, well, I might as well give her the damn compliment now that I've been staring at her for five minutes. So I just walked over and I like kind of just waved at her after she was done with a set. Please don't talk to people when they're in between set or in the middle of a set either because they could get hurt and that's just rude. But she just like took her headphones out and looked at me. I was like, that's pretty impressive. Good job. And she just like smiled so big because I don't know. A lot of people think that because we all have our resting bitch faces on, or at least I do, because when I'm in there and I'm in the zone, I'm there to do work. But I'll say, you know, hello, or I don't have a problem with saying something nice, but I look like I'm ready to kill something because in my head, sometimes I am. Because some of them gym songs, I'm like picturing my enemies and I'm like, <laughs> this is stupid. But I'm like, if you don't do this list, your enemy's going to win. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to put my cowboy hat on and I'm going to do it. And I always do. But I digress. I think that gym culture isn't as bad as most people think. There are the douche canoes, like the one I'm going to get to in a second. But it's not as scary a place. And even if it is, fuck it. You're there for you. It's you against you. And that's it. So the icky gym character, like you never know what somebody's going through, but there's the people that uh, like, there's the posy posy people that I can't stand or deal with, but as long as they're nice, whatever. If it's, if a gym session is your date or your time to hang out with your friends, as long as you're not like sitting down, scrolling through Instagram on a machine, I don't really care. You know, do you? It's not my business, but 
if you're just going to be an asshole, I can't handle you. Like I was stretching out at the end of a workout and there was somebody uh, like that I saw, or no, this, let me get to before that. I was doing kettlebell swings and I swing heavy. This was like a 72 pound kettlebell. I moved to a space because the gym was busy that day where there was like nobody around, but I was semi over by where they store the um, foam rolls. I wasn't blocking it by any means. Like this person could have gone around me. Like I was closer to the foam rolls. So if she had just gone five feet around the other way, would have been fine. But I was like mid swing and she decides to go the way that almost in my peripheral, like looked too close to comfort for me. So like, I kind of like pulled back on the swing and put it down. Now that's fucking heavy and that could have hurt me, but I don't want to hurt this person either. So she grabs her foam roll and goes and puts it down by her stuff. But then I catch my breath and I look over and she's like, got her stuff there and then goes and walks over to the rowing machine, which is like five feet away. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it wasn't like some emergency that you had to go get this, you know, foam roll that you're not even done working out. You just had to have that foam roll before anybody else got it. All right, whatever. Don't say anything. Don't look at her. Again, Jim was busy. So I lay down my mat after I was done because that was my last hit, like the finisher of my workout with the kettlebells. And I lay it down. Literally, like when you have like a yoga class sometimes, it you're close to each other and you have to kind of like maneuver and stagger. But she was still on the rowing machine. So I maneuvered mine. It was close to hers, but not close enough that I would have like touched her or whatever. And I was like stretching out my legs and she comes over with her foam roll finally. And she's like rolling herself out. The damn <laughs> foam roll is literally like four inches from my head. I'm like, okay, like you, all right. You know, like, all right, you, you, you queen bee and you own this shit here. Um, but as I'm like rolling myself out, she there and tells me like, okay, well, can you move over? And I'm just like, what? And she's like, I was here first. It's like, okay, ho, ho. Just because you save a spot that you're not even using for 10 minutes. Like I'm not even in your area. There's not a lot of people around, but I'm just like, what? And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, okay. And it was almost like she wanted to start something. And she was like, I had my headphones in and she's like, she stood up and she was Latina too. So I get it. Like Latina, Latina. I know that temper. I know that fire because I have it. She was like, oh, what? Blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what the hell she said, but she was like challenging me in some way. And I just kind of looked at her and I just like put my headphones back in, kept stretching. That must've pissed her the fuck off so bad that I wasn't not engaging in this little pissing match between Latinas that I wasn't, I'm okay, whatever. Like I didn't move because I'm just like, you're being fucking rude. I, and you know what? I was gonna be done in two minutes. So as I'm done, I wipe off my stuff. I'm putting it back. Not even like really looking at her. She's looking at me with this devil stare, like like challenging me almost with her eyes to say something. And I'm like, um, I just got the best endorphin kick off of my workout and I'm not going to engage in that. So there are people that, you know, in the gym, it's like, I don't know, maybe the endorphins are going so much. Maybe it's just like the raw, I get it. I've had that raw moment too, where I'm lifting heavy or I'm getting this my workout on or what have you. And I'm just a little, grr. wow, that was the most lame lion roar ever. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think that like the gym is not your personal space for everything. And I am always cognizant of that. 
Most of the time I won't even go to the gym if I think it's going to be super busy because I can't stand the type of shit like that. That people just, people just want to get into a fight. And I'm not into it. I think the only other thing that I've seen in terms of bad gym culture, and this is just manners wise, is don't have a full on conversation in the locker room, on your phone, on speakerphone. Okay. Not everybody wants to hear your conversation. You know, it's just, it's not the end of the world, but it's sort of rude. Get some earbuds or maybe don't be on the phone. No, I don't even care about that because I'm, you know, talking about taking gym selfies, but uh, I don't know why. That just irks me a tad. And also, I think it's cute because I love when people have the joy of music. But if you're blaring your phone from your locker to where everybody in the locker room has to hear what you want to hear, maybe not a good idea. You know, just saying. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you have a really great Monday until I talk to you on Wednesday. We're going to be back with a bunch more Ask Riley's. And this week, I think we're going to bring back Small Business Spotlight because I have a friend that I would really love to interview and get her take on things because she just took over a business and it was an existing business. So that's interesting to me what it is to take over something that was an existing and make it your own. Instead of starting from scratch, what's harder, what's easier, the pitfalls of it, the pros, the cons, all of the things. If you guys have anything you want to chat with me about, or if you want to do a show me the ring or even ask Riley question, really Riley podcast at gmail.com. Text line is 410-604-8895. Really Riley podcast on Instagram. Riley Couture on Instagram. Those are both are on TikTok. TikTok is Riley Couture 7. Um, Facebook, Riley Couture. Hit me up, chat with me. Oh, and please, y'all do me a favor. Like, comment, subscribe, because my husband always yells at me when I don't do that, because it really doesn't matter when you guys leave comments or reviews, because when you do that, it pushes me up to like the For You page of podcasting pages like Apple and Spotify and stuff, and then we can get the numbers to get some sponsors and pay the bills. So I'd really appreciate it. If you guys liked it, please give me a little note, because it also keeps me going. I love you guys longest and I will talk to you on Wednesday. It's really Riley.